Wednesday, Discussions of Truth. Seek and Destroy as always, Metallica. Coming at you to seek and destroy corruption. We're not messing around here. And if you, you know, I got, I talking to a guy today. He says, you know, hey, Ian. I says, I said, what do you think about, he's based in Los Angeles, right? And I says, I says, I says, I says, what do you think, what do you think about the uh, VP of PG&E, that's Pacific Gas and Electric, sitting on the VP of PG&E in California. What do you think about him being an employee of Rothschild Incorporated? This is public information. This is a fact. Oh, yeah, he's been, I, I think since 2009, he's been sitting as the vice president. Uh, and they may have a few of VPs, but whatever his jurisdiction is. Uh, if it's general VP, then it's general VP. I didn't look into, look into it too much. But he's a VP. He's a VP of PG&E. Roger Kimmel happens to be his name. So then the question, then the question is, what is a Rothschild Incorporated? This is all public information. Uh, I think, in fact, if you Google something like Rothschild Global Surveillance, something like that, yeah. I think it's Rothschild Global Surveillance. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But type that into Google. It'll bring you up with a, an investment firm, a global investment firm from the Rothschild Foundation, Rothschild family. So what is a VP of PG&A? What is, what, is a, what, is, what is basically an arm of the Bank of England doing, investing in, or directing the affairs, rather, of Pacific Gas and Electric? And if you're a Californian... Does that alarm you? Are you fine with that? I was born and raised in California, and I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now, but the the slew of fires, whether it be in Paradise, California, which I which I've been through, or Malibu, California, which I've been through, I know that entire state very well. I've known that state now for for four decades, the better part of four decades. The slew of fires happening in that state is not normal. It's not normal. Are you kidding me? This is not normal. This is out of the ordinary. So then the question becomes, is it purposefully set? Are these are these fires purposely set? There is no, you know, the state of California, and Jerry Brown, by the way, passed a law, I think it was a year or two ago, that says, that, said, that frees PG&E up, from all liability, as long as a fire is deemed wild. So if you have your smart, you know, your smart appliances or your smart uh, the, 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 the the smart meters in your phone, and if it's faulty, and look, look, as long as the investigation deems it wild, then it's on the taxpayer, it's on the home buyer, the homeowner. 
So these fires that have been spreading uh, paradise is it Santa Rosa, parts of Santa Rosa, Malibu. Uh, you know, these fires are becoming commonplace now. And as long as the state deems them wild, like you know, some guy started with a cigarette butt, or you know, this the, 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 the quote campfire, then PG&E's off the hook. That sound like some backdoor play to you? It sounds a little backdoory to me. It sounds a little fishy to me. And again, born and raised in that state, I know it pretty well. You know, these fires that would start, the, the fire department would be there in a flash. Cow fires are pretty. That's a pretty. That's a pretty solid fire department. And then your local fire department, your county fires, you know, they're, they're the breakdown of the fire departments. But for these fires to spread like they do, and then and, and as, as you start looking into it a little bit more, then it's like a one house in between, you know, like a two or three, only the one house burns down and like down to rubble. Whereas like the glass and everything's anything in the fires totally melted. It takes about 2,600 degree Fahrenheit to melt glass. The average campfire, or excuse me, the average wildfire is about 1,400 degrees. Your campfire that's concentrated, that burns at a very high temperature, is about 2,100. You can, you can cross-check this on your search engine. But to have cars' engines melted, as they are from these, from these, these, this, these wildfires in California... No, that seems outrageous. And 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 then a house in between two or three, it's totally burnt to rubble. Where, where, the other two houses don't have a flick on them. And where's the trail? And you look at some of these satellite, you know, Google Earth images, and it's like, where's the trail? It's almost as if a house or different structures had purposely been pinpointed. That's what it looks like. Okay, I'm trying to be as balanced in my thinking as possible. So then you start kind of thinking down the roads of something called a direct energy weapon. Which uh, this is this has been this has been reality for decades. 1945, I think it was Lockheed Martin. Now Lockheed Martin was the I mean, that's that's who owns the Athena technology today. Oh yeah, this is like space war. So you ever you ever heard of a? So if you look at if you're I'm a Val Kilmer fan. So you look at you look at Val Kilmer early days of Val Kilmer. One of the early actually it happens to be my fa- one of my favorite films of all time. It's called Real Genius. The guy's just kind of laid back, easy going, but he's a genius. Where slippers the class, that type of thing. And he's he's you know he's the smartest guy in class. And he's got frazzled hair and what he parties like crazy. So that's what the film's about. And he develops this laser. This is like 1984. 1984. This is when the movie was shot. He develops this laser. And the laser, as he discovers, was actually a contract from the government. The deal with the professor. The professor had a deal with the government to create a laser for ill purposes. For warfare. And once this character, I think his name is Chris, finds out what... The laser was going to be used for. He plays a prank, so he gets into the military base with you know, faux credentials, and then he adjusts the mirror on the plane. So when the plane takes off and t- 
tests the laser out, again, the, the kid's invention, the student's invention, that actually redirects and is point, pointed longitude, latitude. You know, they rigged the computer as well, and it pointed, points at the professor's house. And then, the, yeah, they've, they've, they've snuck into the professor's house, professor's house and, and they've put in a bunch of popcorn. So the, the roof eventually, the house gets so full of popcorn, the roof calls off. Charlotte Eiserbit, if you have not listened to that episode with Charlotte that I, that, I, that I had on this program, Discussions of Truth, again, you are, turned in, you are tuned into Discussions of Truth. I don't edit a single word out of that, out of this hour. Everything gets uploaded into iTunes, into Spotify. You're listening to this live. You're re-listening to us. Whichever way, medium, you're listening to this, you're listening to a completely unedited version. Okay. I stopped uploading to SoundCloud because they started deleting some of these episodes. This is you know, like Paul Craig Roberts, the guy's a former fellow at Oxford and Stanford, not, not a lightweight. One of the lead economists in the world joined this program. And SoundCloud deleted him. They deleted that episode. They give me no warning. They just deleted it. And they deleted some others. So I won't, I won't upload to SoundCloud. But Charlotte, anyway, says he, she's written a book, 800 pages, I believe, probably a little bit more. The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. You think that you are not in some way or another programmed to think a certain way? So in the 80s, Hollywood's putting out a movie about a kid genius developing a laser for ill purposes. Well, he wasn't developing for ill purposes, but the... A contract was certainly going to use it for warfare. Look, I think I think any violence is ill. Well, we didn't need violence for in life. We didn't need. How do you need? Why would you? Why do you need to solve your disputes in a violent manner? That's completely outrageous to me. So I don't like guns. Now I support anybody's right to own a gun. Of course, I'm very appreciative of the U.S. military. Got to protect yourself. Got to. You got to protect yourself. Don't get me wrong. But it's a very weak mental state to have to resort to violence to solve an issue. It really is. It's just a very weak mental frame of mind, in my opinion. Okay? So, anyway, uh, ill-purposes later. So, so, direct energy weapons. Is, is, that, is, is that what's going on? Is that what's at play here? And, again, if you couple it with the Bank of England having, the, uh, having an, in, an interest in PG&E, So then my next question to you is, as an American or wherever you're Canadian or, or, or a Mexican or, or a China person, Chinese, wherever you're listening, maybe listening to an Italian, whatever. Look, there's no doubt in the fact, there's no doubt that the United States is a top dog. Globally, it just is. I attribute that to the freedoms that the Constitution gives it. But if you're an old European monarchy, let's take, for instance, England. They had a, a motto, right? The sun never set on their empire. You've got this new way of life, this new creation, deem themselves independent from you. This is the United States. Uh, the Constitution written just after 1776. I think it's like 80, 1784, something like that. 70, okay, you've got this Constitution. It's giving... Now, you, you can debate who that was written for, but the fact of the matter is that this is what Martin Luther King fought for. We've had some great Americans that have fought for that because it says, we the people. That's how it's written. Okay, so it's, it's meant to give the masses freedom and liberty and freedom of speech, freedom of religion. But if you're used to dominating all the naval 
trade lines globally. You know, you're dominating the opium trade. You're dominating the oil trade. You're dominating the, 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 the banana trades, whatever. I mean, the banana republic, right? I mean, the, the, the British were. And, 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 and this American country is gaining strength based off of their constitution, which is liberating for people. Uh, what's your tactic? How do you fight them? Do you, do you become friends with them? Which is what we, you know, they're our closest ally, right? But let's not forget, the French actually were our initial ally. They helped us beat the British. The British aren't stupid. I hate to use that word frivolously, but the British aren't unintelligent. The British are extremely intelligent. Oxford, Cambridge. Could it be that they have outthought America? Could it be that they would attempt at least to outthink that constitution? How could they do that? Why would a Bank of England aid, uh, employee have any interest in manipulating or managing the affairs of pg e in California? I think I said the word right there, to manipulate manipulation is that what the federal reserve is that's only my question to you as a free human being to say what you want to breathe how you like would it be could it be that the federal reserve has been manipulated by foreign powers is that possibility oh no ian no pause no the rockefellers the jp morgan cecil rhodes ever heard of him Oh, yeah, okay. And then we get into the whole conspiracy of the Rothschilds. Not so conspiratorial. Look at Charlotte Eisenbitt. Her father was a Yale grad and actually a member of Skull and Bones. This is a real living society. There was from Germany. So anyway, so piece, the, piece some of these things together. This is, what, this is what I like to do. Why? Because I got gravely sick from the Zika virus. And it wasn't from Zika. I believe Zika to be benign. It was from the pesticide. And I linked both of them to the Rockefellers. I have no problem with capitalism. I have no problem with, with free trade, economy, you know, work hard, make a good living. I have no problem with that. But if something seemed fishy and funny and out of place, as it does with these fires and as it did with the Zika epidemic that hit Miami, and I began to look into it and investigate... That's where you've drawn the line in my book. And that's why I bring to you a discussion every week of truth. So, moving in to next week. Well, anyway, today we will bring on... All right, fine, fine. Uh, next week. Let's skip around here. Next week, we'll, we will be hosting David H. Janda. MD. He hosts Operation Freedom in WAAM Talk 1600 Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yes, I talk about vaccines and catch uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, excuse me, Mikovits, last week as she spoke about the retroviruses and the threats that some of these vaccines. This is not, again, these are very learned individuals that join this program most likely i'm not obviously well obviously, certainly more likely certainly more learned than i and i'll i'll leave it that much more learned individuals join this program as guests than i i simply strive to deliver you an intellectual stimulating discussion 
so that you can help keep your country, wherever it may be, free and just. Or make it free and just if you're in Venezuela. And December 12th will be followed by Jefferson Morley. So, today, Christopher Fulton joins us momentarily. He's the author of The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. This is not light talk. Christopher Fulton, forced descent into darkness. He spent time in prison. Parts of governmental power has now boomeranged on that power. Fulton has not come back from hell, USA, with a silenced voice. He has miraculously survived a share to share with us all the truths we must know if we are to keep our America the land of the free. You know, whether you side with Democrats or the Republicans, both parties are filthy to me. Trump, he's in my mind, he's just simply a puppet. You know, he's he's being pulled by corporate strings. Yes, they have international interests. You ever heard of an offshore bank account? Even if you can identify a corporation that might be up to something bad, getting to the root of it, it's so far masked and deep and dug it's, to find out where it is. But So that's why you have to kind of free yourself as a country, in my view. You have to free yourself economically. And part of that, unless I'm proven wrong, it would be abolishing the Federal Reserve. But I'm not an economist, of course. This is strictly an opinion, which I try to stray away from uh, giving my opinions. Don Clark is the person who said that about Christopher Fulton. He's a journalist for the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Both handles, I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. I am he, Ian Trottier. Impeachmassmedia.com. Donate 50 bucks, get an incredibly comfortable t-shirt. Do it today. I will be right back with Christopher Bolton. Thanks for joining. Winwood Radio, this is Discussions of Truth. Horsemen. Dean Henderson, actually, former guest on the program. That's the title of his book. Of course, that was a Metallica song. But The Four Horsemen is not too far off of 
people that might be controlling, again, going back to the Federal Reserve having controlling interest. We are joined today by Exposé, author of Exposé. The book, as I mentioned, is called The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. Christopher Fulton joins us today. We welcome you to the program. Christopher, how are you? Good, Ian. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Very, very well. Uh, Christopher, you're in California, actually, as I think about it, aren't you? I am in California. Have you been affected by any fires? Well, we know people that have been uh, greatly affected by that. It's a very serious thing, but we've been fortunate enough to stay. Uh, we're a little bit out of it, so we're okay. Excellent, excellent. Um, okay, so now you've written a book regarding a, a historically sensitive subject for Americans. And, of course, John F. Kennedy is lauded as, regardless of party, and that's what I like about uh, John F. Kennedy. Of course, I wasn't alive during his presidency, but kind of the aura surrounding uh, John was that, regardless of party there wasn't really a divide with him it was america loved him he was just a loved uh, individual and president and 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 he and he was a fair and balanced thinker that's kind of what i think of when i uh when i think of, of john f kennedy of course uh of course his assassination caught the the country uh uh off guard and by surprise and it, it changed a lot of things now Tell us a little bit about you, and you have some information that other people didn't like, and in fact, it put you behind bars. Well, I, to, to address what you just said, uh, uh, President Kennedy was certainly a constitutional president, was very much uh, uh, for the people of the United States, and that's where the big, some of the big uh, problems came into his uh his presidency in 1962, he had actually fallen out of favor with the uh, Pentagon and the justice, uh, the uh, intelligence communities, and so they took it kind of a 180-degree uh, different approach to how the world was going to go and how we were going to uh, resolve uh, these issues with uh, with Russia, and, and ultimately that those are the issues uh, of world concern that he took so seriously, and it was so uh, covert to the uh, the American public that got him and his brother killed. But uh, to answer your question, I, I grew up just outside of the district at Washington D.C. I was uh, I was supposedly I was going to Annapolis to become a uh, a career officer, as some of my family had done pre previously. But uh, I took a different course and went into commercial construction and wound up in uh, British Columbia, Canada, doing that. Right. Okay. So that's that's a, that's a fairly uh, drastic kind of course. But nonetheless, I've 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 gone through your book a little bit, and and your family had some some interesting ties, and certainly one of them was uh, was was John's uh, personal uh, secretary, uh, Evelyn Lincoln. Um, but you ended up in you ended up in, in Vancouver, Washington, and then you befriended you befriended a a, 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 a very wealthy Russian uh, uh, individual. Is that correct? Well, I was building towers in, in British Columbia, Canada, not Washington, but the uh, yeah, there was a gentleman there that I was working with. It was a, uh, a very important person in uh, Russia. It was actually running for the Duma at one point, which is their like their Senate. Yeah. But I was invited to go over there, and in, in that process, uh, found myself in the Kremlin, invited to the Kremlin. I met a gentleman there. I didn't know who he was at the time, but he was the head of their intelligence services, uh, 
His name was uh, General Alexander Levitt, and he uh, basically knew about this transfer of all these materials that come from Robert Kennedy that wound up in both of our possession, Robert White and myself, and they uh, was debriefing me in the Kremlin about it, and I was, I was very taken back at the time, and he said, well, you know, we know that you have documented evidence of this now and stuff that, that Bobby, Robert Kennedy shared with us to get keep us out of World War III, and uh, what are you going to do with it? And uh, I didn't want to discuss any of this with him. And he said, of course, if you're interested, we would like you to uh, to bring this out through Russia, and we wouldn't censor you in any way. I said, well, thank you very much for the uh, discussion. But I, I, di I dismissed myself, and I was hoping I could get out of Russia, which uh, I kissed the ground when I came back. I, I was a little, They didn't threaten me in any way, but I certainly was intimidating. Yeah, well, I, that would be. Now, Now, repeat again, how did you get involved with that information regarding Bobby, with Bobby? Uh Robert Robert Kennedy was faced with, with an impossible uh, situation after his brother's assassination, and, and of course, again, the American public is really not up to speed on this, and there's a lot of reasons why, and the book gets into that, but uh, we were looking at a, uh, when, when uh, his brother had gone to Dallas, we were looking at a nine-day uh, resolution to Cuba and to the Russian uh, resolve on this. Of course, uh, President Kennedy's plans were very, very in uh, opposition of uh, the Pentagon's plans have been in, been, been in place since World War II and in 1947, and I I, uh, I think President Kennedy's plans would have taken us into a very uh, peaceful resolve and a better world, but the, uh, he didn't get a chance to, to put those in operation. Subsequently, uh, his brother uh, had to find out what was going on with his brother's assassination very quickly. He needed to determine uh, uh, who he needed to address to keep us out of war with Russia. Russia was ready to go to an exchange with us at that time. They were on high alert. And uh, I think within 24 hours, Robert Kennedy had a pretty good handle on uh, who was responsible and how it had happened and uh, took that information, the evidence that we, we came into possession in, and uh, shared it with the Russian side to keep them uh, out of conflict. And what is, uh, Christopher, what is, your, uh, what is your association to Evelyn, Evelyn Lincoln? Evelyn Lincoln was the was a, a very patriotic woman, extremely dedicated to President Kennedy her whole life, and then the uh, she didn't have any children. So Robert White, a friend, good friend of mine, had had wound up be, being a kind of a surrogate son or stepson to her, and and close to the end of her life, she she had kept all this material for Robert Kennedy and kept it quiet. Uh, Robert Kennedy had given her instructions that if he didn't make it to the office of the presidency and instruct the American people on this, that she was to keep this all secured. So. To her credit, she did exactly that, but towards the end of her life, she, she didn't want this stuff, this material, to fall into the hands of any uh, agency or government agency where it'd be suppressed or classified, and the American people never get a chance to look at it. So she uh, trusted uh, uh, Robert White with this uh, with this position as a private citizen, and uh, these materials transferred to him, and then subsequently, uh, through our contact and friendship, I got some of the key materials on that, which was the... Uh, it's the closest physical evidence in the of the assassination to his head wounds, and then I, of course I was the first person to listen to the uh, his secret Oval Office recordings uh, that Robert White was reviewing. But uh, it, we were trying to do a book. We had tried we had we had tried to do this in a responsible way. All of this fell into our lap, and of course he was contacted by President uh, Reagan, and, and they, who gave both of us instruction on what we should do and what what he thought about this. And I was contacted by. Uh, CSIS, which is the Canadian Intelligence Service, is why I was in Canada, and we conferred on this and tried to figure out uh, what the best uh, way to handle this would be. And what did you conclude? Well, we the first thing I did was uh, was to contact the Kennedy family. I contacted Caroline Kennedy in 1996 through uh, 
uh, Warren P. Whiteman, who was the vice president of Sotheby's in New York. They'd handled the uh, the uh, Jacqueline Kennedy estate. I thought that would be a good way to, to handle that. So uh, I had sent some information through them as, as a private uh, agreement, and they uh, contacted Caroline Kennedy. She came into New York to the offices there, sat down for about an hour in private, reviewed the material, and then said, uh, I've got to I've got to confer with uh, my uncle Ted Kennedy about this immediately, and I, she did not want uh, anything to happen at that point, so there was no transfer of of, uh, of uh, material at that time. So I was left with no direction from them. Uh, so subsequently, it went on and on. We were trying to get a book out to the American people. He was trying to open up a museum so we could kind of squeak this out, squeak it along. Uh, in 1998, there was an auction that happened in Guernsey's in New York. Uh, Donald Trump was involved before he was, he was president in uh, late 97 and pushing that agenda uh, there and through his uh, Trump Tower there. And, uh, and that's when everybody got on board. I mean, uh, we had the U.S. Justice Department come on board, the Security Oversight Office, which declared both of us to have materials of national security concern. The Attorney General Janet Reno got involved. President Clinton and Hillary Clinton, their lawyer, JFK Jr. and Caroline Kennedy and their lawyer, got involved again. And, of course, President Reagan was already involved. So there was a lot of people on, on board at that point. So, Christopher, you, uh, growing up uh, in, in, in the East Coast and find yourself in a professional manner building high-rises in, uh, in British Columbia, you've then found yourself in the midst of an incredible controversy. Uh, how were you able to manage yourself through that? Well, like anyone, I went I went from a you know a fairly normal existence to something that was uh, uh, kind of extreme, and uh, you know, with the different individuals were contacting us. The Robert White wound up uh, receiving a subpoena from Francis Fox, who's the assistant U.S. attorney, uh, to testify in front of the Assassination Records Review Board, and that uh, that led to uh, Robert White giving a, a, a secret agreement with the Justice Department and the Kennedy family. Of course, materials that he had. Uh, were taken by the FBI on two or three different occasions and uh, classified. The American people never got to see those. Uh, I was supposed to testify under that subpoena, under the, under the broad uh, uh, writing of that subpoena. I was uh, legally bound to testify from them, but the, they decided that the evidence that I had was too uh, too severe and might uh, contradict the uh, official uh, uh, position on the, uh, the government's position. So they issued a sealed warrant indictment, took me in that way, and... Uh, uh, it was not a very pleasant ride. I, like I said, I went from a, a life that was uh, what most people consider normal to something of an extreme kind of a survival mode, and they put me through their resolve and uh, showed me they were very serious. Now, Christopher, have you by chance ever heard of a, I believe she was a former um, uh, a TV icon, and uh, uh, her hobby was basically journalism, uh, uh, Dorothy Kilgallen. I've heard the name. We've hosted uh, author Mark Shaw, who's done some research extensively on on Kill Gallen, and uh, his his book actually um, reached an agreement uh, with the Dowdle brothers in Los Angeles, and, and there it, it'll be made into a, a Paramount production, I believe. I, I don't know the current, but that was that was the la- that was the latest. Now, inserting into this equation with you. Uh, is, as you mentioned, there's a material piece, and you had uh, related it to uh, uh, material evidence uh, similar to uh, the skull of, of JFK, uh, and that would be uh, the, the watch. 
that John was wearing when uh, when he was shot. Uh, that came into your possession? Yeah, I, I had possession of that, and of course, uh, uh, I was contacted by CSIS about that, and they contacted Central Intelligence Agency about that. As far it's interesting because nobody really wanted to get involved. Nobody, I don't think anybody cares if you have a, a sensitive information necessarily, on, uh, other than the fact that if it's if it's going to go to a court uh, situation, if you have uh, evidence that can be uh, be presented in court, and uh, when that happens, uh, the scenario changes very quickly. Um, but that evidence and other evidence was used by Robert Kennedy uh, for his own investigation and kept out of the uh, the official investigation through the FBI and the, uh, the Warren Commission. Of course, the Warren Commission, people don't understand, but the Warren Commission really wasn't put together for the American public so much as to resolve the, uh, the issues with the uh, government of Russia. Now, Russia had put pressure on uh, the Johnson administration to say, we don't, uh, we want something to absolve us of this. We're concerned about a first strike and a and we're certainly concerned about maybe an accidental uh, firing of a missile towards our country, and we want to have uh, something that shows that we're off the hook on this. And, of course, that's what the Warren Commission was all about. Okay, so it was a, it was a chess play to, to, to take the weight off of uh, Russia's shoulders. What people don't, yeah, exactly, what people don't understand and what has not been released and why things are so convoluted is, is, is that President Kennedy in 1962 took an opposite direction, he both both uh, he and his brother, if you can call it a co-presidency maybe, uh, had taken the position that we're not going to have an exchange uh, as planned with, with uh, Russia. We're not going to go to that uh, to that extreme any circumstance. And that the uh, 42 million American uh, casualties looking at a first strike was unacceptable. And in any, in any exchange, would, we would lose. There'd be no winners. So in, in this regard, uh, especially considering he felt his brothers would be in the White House after him, he, he planned on making this his... Uh, his uh, most important life issue, and it wasn't about uh, not just running the uh, the, uh, the office and the day-to-day uh, uh, things that, that needed to be done. Of course, those were handled, too, but the most important thing was whether we were going to continue in a world of peace and we were going to survive. So he took it upon himself to make that his first priority, and, the, and he, he certainly separated himself from the normal channels of uh, government operation. He got intelligence outside of the normal briefings by uh, the CIA, didn't trust them any longer after 62, and... Uh, they didn't want to. Uh, they didn't want any of this to be brought to light. They didn't want to. They didn't want to show a president at, at war uh, with the, with his own government. And Christopher is is Bobby Kennedy an individual that you you knew personally? My mother had met him and talked to him several times. Of course, I never got that opportunity. I would have liked to uh, have had that opportunity, but I uh, I did not personally know. Okay, um, and and where is the the watch today? Well, that's one of the things I've been uh, been cautioned on to, to not elaborate too much about. But the, uh, the the watch did transfer out in 1998, and of course, uh, other evidence was uh, secured and classified uh, uh, at that t- at that time in 1998 as well. But you know, my name appears under the uh, ARB uh, investigation, uh, and there there is a uh, a box folder in there that had to do with what was going on at the time. It is missing. We did. There's a, there was an investigation done, a 30-day investigation through the National Archives, and they've come back saying, yeah, we're aware of this, and, and we're aware that this should be here for the American public, but it's gone. There's no pull slip of where it went. It's just missing. And when did it transfer from your possession? That would have been uh, 1998. Of course, I was arrested almost uh, almost immediately after that, that, uh, that took place. And this is in what state? 
Was this I, in Canada? I, uh, yeah, I was uh, I was in Canada at the time, and the uh, I was arrested in August of 1998. And you were arrested by Canadian authorities, or did somehow the uh, American authorities? Uh, well, well, the American the American authority they had well it's it's a long story, but I they placed me on the most wanted list, and of course the State Department was involved, and they pushed the buttons on the Canadian officials pretty hard, and they they said, well, this is the biggest uh, warrant we get in this country, and uh, uh, it was kind of a big deal to them, and the uh, you know, they wanted me back, and they wanted me in U.S. custody, and they wanted me to, to be debriefed. And the whole process of this was to get a, a uh, secured and sealed debrief very quickly, uh, which uh, almost uh, took a year to do. But the uh, to get to that process, I, they gave me immunity for the uh, evidence that I had, and they protected my family. And they said that internationally, not only for the U.S., but they would give me protection from foreign governments as well. So once that those agreements were signed, I, I went in and got debriefed several times. And of course, I was under uh, perjury and seal. If I had if lied to them, the FBI would have uh, come back, and uh, I'd still be in prison today. So for listeners to understand, uh, you innocently kind of walked into this. Isn't that, isn't that correct? That's, exact, that's exactly correct. And, the uh, of course... Uh, I, I had signed a federal loan guarantee at a bank in Potomac, Maryland. This was six years prior to this arrest, and I misstated my U.S. income. So in doing that, uh, they used that as a fraudulent declaration, a fraudulent document. And then, of course, the IRS came on board and said that I had uh, uh, subsequently uh, evaded uh, reporting requirements uh, for the United States income taxes. So. They used those charges to pull me in, but it was really a covert uh, way of pulling me in to uh, debrief me on the uh, Kennedy materials in such a way that that wouldn't uh, wouldn't be public. And 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 again, just to backtrack a little bit, how how is it that you initially got involved with this? Uh, was this through a family affair, like you say, your mother? But how is it that you got into this muddle? It, the, the 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 connection for me was was the friendship with Robert White, and that that friendship led to me transferring to me materials of uh, of, of of you know uh, importance, which was material of evidence that uh, in the assassination that was used by Robert Kennedy and fell outside the uh, the investigation of the FBI. The American people are not familiar with it, and uh, that was the connection that I had. And then 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 we were both contacted over that period of time. And it was basically a discovery process along the route. So you get intel from one person, or one person would give you direction, or so, and, and let you know what was uh, what was involved in all this. But it was way uh, way more complicated uh, uh, than than I understood. And of course, Robert White understood. Of course, Reagan was the first person to tell him that uh, what we had was a uh, going to be a concern for national security and a concern to the United States government. Uh, uh, he wasn't aware that uh, such a weight was uh, coming either. And when 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 Mr. White had proposed, you you were in Vancouver and you were uh, running your business, and Mr. White had approached you to get involved. What was enticing to you to get involved in this? Well, I'm an I'm I'm an interested party in, in in history, and of course American history interests me, and that's that's where the connection lies. Also, we grew up in the same area. I grew up in Maryland, and he uh, just outside the district, and he was in Catonsville, Maryland, and he was uh, basically a stone's throw away from my attorney. Um, so, you know, we, we grew up and we very much had this very similar type of background in that, that same area and, and friendship. And, uh, that, that took us to a bonding, uh, after these materials were transferred to me. And then of course we were both approached 
but once that happened, we, we kind of became uh, uh, synced in this, and then we had to discuss these things between ourselves and how to best, uh, what may be the best way of handling this. Of course, we differed on those opinions, but neither one of us wound up very good. I wound up going to prison, and he's uh, now deceased. And, and could it be assumed that the, uh, that the watch, um, owning a collectible item, uh, you know, regardless of the fact that it was worn by the president when he was shot, just uh, was that also a draw for you to get involved? Well, I mean, just Robert, Robert White had been inherited a great amount of secret and important U.S. history. Uh, you know, uh, this huge amount of U.S. history had been placed upon him. So he he contacted me and 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 asked you know for to review this and to look at this as a friendship and other things. And when I did, of course, I got uh, I got involved. And we had talked about a book being coming out for the American public and a museum coming out uh, for the American public. So I was uh, involved in that on the ground floor. And then one thing led to another, and it just got more and more complicated. Right. Okay. Understood. And Christopher, you've now got you've now got this huge story to share, and it's a a different angle. Um, let me ask you: When you started looking at what Mister White had in his possession, did you then question? The dullest narrative of the Lee Harvey Oswald. Well, that be- that did become uh, apparent, and of course, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. The, the history books have written him wrong. He certainly had a, a hand in uh, in all of this, and a, and a big role in all of this. Uh, but his uh, his history should have been written a different way. He he touched a lot of corners of a lot of things, and he was being utilized because of that. And. Uh, uh, his part in, in all of this is very, very important, but it's not it's not well known and it's not correct. Do you do you think and I don't I don't know how far down you, you go you, you go into this, but there's and this may be too general for uh, of a question for you, but uh, there certainly certainly if I look at the Zabruder film, uh, there is, it seems to me that there is a bullet being shot. And again, this may not be what you know, but there seems to be a bullet being shot from the front of the president, whereas the explosion seems to happen uh, in the front. It had a bullet been shot from the rear, which would be the, the, the book depository, which is, I believe, the, 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 the Lee Harvey Oswald investigation led, then it would seem to me that perhaps the explosion would have been on the other side of the president's head. Do you have anything to add in that regard? Well, that's a that's a very tricky uh, question as far as uh, you know how uh, people uh, have researched all of this, and there's been a lot of good research on all of this. But uh, Robert Robert Kennedy uh, needed to understand this quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, he was facing a situation where it needed to be uh, protected to protected the American citizens of the United you know the United States and American citizens and. Uh, he needed to resolve this quickly to find out how, where, where this lay, and how to, how to resolve this. So, in, in, within 24 hours of time, it might have been being less. Uh, it was a very clear picture uh, from the Secret Service's uh, materials that they brought back uh, to Washington, and then uh, subsequently the, uh, uh, the watch that you spoke of was uh, left at Parkland Hospital. The, they, they weren't aware that he had it on him, um, and that was picked up. Uh, uh, 
personally by a man named Robert Balk, who was the, uh, the head of the PRS section of the Secret Service, uh, for Robert Kennedy. And, of course, those two people worked together on this. But the uh, Robert Kennedy was aware of the basic parameters of this uh, very quickly. He understood what, what had happened. Okay. And what do you think that he understood? Because obviously, as history knows it, as Americans, as listeners are listening to this, we all know that Robert uh, also lost his life. What did Robert, what did he know, to, to your understanding? Well, he, he realized that the, uh, the Warren Commission was done for purpose and that the, uh, mm-hmm. the information of shots coming from one direction is correct, but also coming from another direction is correct. So it's a... Uh, it's been a very confusing issue, and also that he had cooperated with this. He, he controlled the autopsy of his brother. He, he understood this material uh, from what, how it was explained to him, and, and, but he had to, uh, to operate on the best truth for the United States uh, and the world so that we could stay out of a conflict and an exchange with Russia. He really uh, was forced into a position that he had no other choice, and he certainly had to sign agreements saying he wouldn't, uh, wouldn't testify for the Warren uh, Commission and the... Uh, he would become a U.S. senator and stay put, but he, to his credit, he didn't. Uh, he didn't stay put. He saw the divisions of the country in Vietnam and the course that the, it was the wrong course of action as far as he and his brother were concerned. And he stepped up for 1968. He thought he might not make it, and he gave instructions that if he didn't uh, make it, what would uh, take place? But both brothers were extremely brave souls and uh, and gave their lives for the uh, the safety of this nation. Uh, but the official story uh, that you hear on uh, from the uh, Warren Commission is, is not correct. And you 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 know this to be fact. The documented evidence that I had uh, shows that to be uh, to be correct. Or you know you, you can you can you could subvert this by saying well we told partial truth and of course that that uh, they did tell some partial truths there obviously uh, that were involved but the, they didn't tell everything and. And uh, not to tell everything was a way of uh, protecting uh, us for the best uh, course. So uh, I have to walk a very fine line, sure. again, with what I think the, the American people should know, and, of course, the protection of the Kennedy family and, and, uh, and all of that at the same time. So I'm, I'm trying to do the best I can in that regard. And uh, Christopher, have you you spent you spent time in in, in prison, uh, which I'm sure you feel is inju- unjust? Uh, were you also uh, forced to sign uh, non disclosures or, 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 or contracts agreements that you would not reveal what you know? They thought they were going to break me very quickly. Uh, they they were surprised. I, I maybe I'm surprised too. I held out for quite a long time under conditions uh, that were quite extreme. I watched. Uh, I watched people get lethal injections. I watched people die in the places that I was, uh, that where I was. It was very cut off, uh, uh, very disorienting. The I was on an aircraft all over the United States, uh, up and down uh, on federal aircraft, uh, what they call diesel therapy, where they put me up every day and I fly every day. Ten thousand feet, we come down, uh, back and forth, back and forth, forth. Very disorienting. But the. Uh, The process is uh, to break you down and to, uh, to break your resolve. And then I had to, I basically, uh, when I went after my family on this, I said, listen, I'll do, it. I'll do what you have. Let's just resolve this. And so we, we came to an agreement that said that they would, they would give me a blanket immunity. And for that blanket immunity, they would protect my, you know, my family would be protected. I'd be protected from the information we'd already been exposed to. That they, they would not prosecute anything that they'd become aware of. Uh, 
or that they know now, and of course they would protect me from any foreign government uh, doing the same. So the uh, that the recordings that I had and the other materials that I had uh, were felt fell, fell onto that blanket uh, immunity process. And of course, what's the interesting thing about this from the 1960s? Uh, they you know they didn't care uh, whether I had killed a hundred people, a thousand people, had, had dealt with uh, nuke weapons or anything else. That blanket immunity is what they traded for my testimony uh, under seal. So that's. Uh, that's what they signed, and that's what I that's what I agreed to. Uh, when I went into court in the Fourth Circuit, uh, the federal judge said, "You don't, you know, I don't have to adhere to this uh, to this agreement, and I can give you 50 years right now." And I said, "Well, yes, I understand that. I had a gag order. I really wasn't supposed to speak." But the judge, and, uh, to her credit, uh, took all this into account and uh, and uh, did what she, what she thought was right. I did have to spell a number of years in federal prison. I used. To, I also had a U.S. senator help me as when I got out. So, uh, I've had uh, some good people along the way try to help, but at the same time, this was a uh, certainly a national security concern at the time. And Christopher, do you feel that the the, the files uh, that contain the information uh, that's been discovered regarding uh, the president's death remain closed? This is 2018. Uh, Tomorrow marks the 55th year anniversary of the president's assassination. Do you feel that this is a just um, movement uh, to keep this closed from the American people? I don't think it's. I don't think it's right. I. I, I think that the uh, this information should be looked at and studied by historians and people that have a lot of knowledge on this uh, on this subject. And I think it should be discussed by the American public. But the but people in power uh, still believe that they don't want to, how how the world is operating to keep it at peace and what uh, what decisions were made. You know, President Reagan had, had told us that anything that involves the Cuba and the and the decisions by the uh, uh, the Kennedy brothers is still a national security concern, and so that they don't want that uh, out there in the open. Of course, they don't want they don't want the American public to know that we had a president. Uh, that was working around and uh, the uh, the infrastructure of the government in 1962 and 1963. Now he was doing that, in my opinion, from what I've heard, for the benefit of the American people and for a, con- a very much a constitutional president. And I uh, and I uh, respect uh, the heck out of that man for doing that. But the uh, you know it certainly cost him his life. And and, and we certainly and their biggest concern on out of all of this is they're not going to chase anybody down. They're not going to prosecute anybody over this. The Justice Department has full authority over this, and I've been and they, you know, I've been talked about it with them. They they're not going to chase this down. Period. Uh, this ends right now, and all they all they were interested in doing, their directive was to pull the information in, pull evidence in, classify it. That's it. Um, now, it, my understanding, if the Kennedy family directly asked for an investigation to be reopened in Texas, that they'd have to do that. But there was nothing on the table ever discussed about that. Uh huh. Christopher, uh, we've got a very interesting time. Uh, the, the country's taking uh, a, politically an interesting direction. And, um, and, and I personally would like to see Americans unite under um, the fact that they have freedoms that most of the world... Uh, just simply doesn't have, and and, and and that would be some of the cornerstones of freedom of religion, freedom of speech, and but 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 what I see is a major censorship and, and a major divide happening, 
in in both parties. My personal uh, research and investigation leads to there being a similarity uh, between you know we've had uh, what three presidents if I've got that right and been with fourth but uh, Lincoln uh, McKinley and 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 Kennedy all three of them lost their lives and 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 and, and from what I've been able to link together I've seen a a a, a I've seen a, a parallel between that of Lincoln and Kennedy now uh, it requires it requires a student of of history, and I think you you had mentioned that uh, I don't think you use the word student, but the, but the, yeah, you appreciate uh, history, uh, and that parallel that I speak of would be the same thing that uh, Jefferson and Hamilton uh, were kind of dueling when they were designing uh, this system, and 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 that would be uh, you know how would the economy run? So uh, what I'm getting at is. Let me ask this question of you. Um, From the information that you've been exposed to, and your book comes out officially tomorrow, um, and the the timing is is perfect, Uh, the book is submitted for a Pulitzer Prize for its history-changing narrative. So we're looking at a very fascinating uh, uh, book that that you've compiled here. But in your... Uh, in, in, in your opinion and to your knowledge, is there any link to the Federal Reserve here uh, in regards to the, to the president's death? You're thinking in totally the right direction as far as uh, so many different issues. I mean, if you listen to the recordings the president was making in 1963, it's chilling, or 1962, it's chilling, because the things that you're talking about then are, are as relevant today as if you spoke of them yesterday. Uh, he, w- he was very aware of, the, uh, of where we were headed and, and, the, and the dangers involved and, and everything. And, the, uh, and uh, unfortunately, we've gone down the wrong path. We've made the wrong, we've made the wrong turn. And uh, no one was interested in fixing this problem back then or, or addressing it in a way that we could have uh, uh, gone in a better direction. Instead of that, we've just covered mud with mud, and it's gone on and on. Nixon, Nixon came into the office for reason because he wouldn't... Uh, show Johnson's administration as being illegal. They, he was uh, uh, given the thumbs up by Johnson to take the office. Uh, Ford came in because he was involved in doing the right thing in Congress to, to align everything in the Warren Commission, and on and on it goes. So it just, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, President Kennedy was a constitutional president. He understood the issues extremely well, and uh, he was very interested in the well-being of this country and had taken many steps, not just the uh, not just the security of, a, of the nation in a uh, nuke exchange with Russia, but in many different directions to give us a, uh, to keep our freedoms. And uh, that was uh, one of his main uh, purposes. And, uh, and I believe that we are being eroded terribly, uh, terribly. To the, and, and it only really comes, uh, you only really truly understand that was when you lose your rights. And, I, and I, have, I have lost mine. I had to give up my constitutional rights to be debriefed. And uh, I can tell you from experience that when you are, stripped of your ability to have any liberty or have any rights, uh, you realize very quickly how, how very valuable they are and the people that have lost their lives over keeping them, uh, how very important all of that is. So I think you're, you're very much on the right track in, in that thinking. Now, I know your publisher and I respect your publisher a great deal. Uh, I went down this this train and trail and path 
that I've that I've gone down because I was investigating a pesticide being sprayed against a virus known as Zika, and uh, and I mention this frequently on my program, so listeners know that I'm talking about the Rockefeller Foundation having interests in both of those things. I, I was then I was then led to a former Stanford Hoover fellow by the name Anthony Sutton. Are you familiar with uh, Anthony Sutton? Familiar with that name? No, no, no. Uh, Anthony Sutton was British-born, um, uh, but as I mentioned, uh, uh, doing research for Stanford. And uh, one of the uh, kind of alarming connections that I think he made in his research was uh, a philosophical uh, uh, standpoint uh, uh, from a, a German philosopher named Friedrich Hegel. And, and, and in a nutshell, the idea is to control opposites to dominate the nature of the outcome. So then he starts looking into uh, contracts and agreements Ford had um, uh, during uh, the, you know, the, the various wars in the world and leading up into the Vietnam War in, in addition to other American corporations. And, um, and there he found a, a, some, some very alarming um, information in, in that uh, some of these American corporations – uh, per um, uh, terms of, of warfare, um, they were uh, they were uh, they they couldn't be targeted by the American military, even though they were um, supporting the enemy. It, it, that's kind of the general um, kind of uh, concept. But but again, uh, Sutton bases it on fact. So so all I'm doing here is basically uh, supporting what I had thrown out there, in, 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 in that uh, in, in that perhaps. Um, those that took the president's life had uh, had an economic interest, and they were due to uh, due to lose that uh, that power. Um, so then the question becomes: If that's correct, uh, who was it? It, it? With the information that you know, we, it, it, we're wrapping up. Got a couple minutes left here, and I appreciate your time. With the information that you've been privy to, and again, for listeners, understand: uh, Christopher has spent time behind bars for being uh, being exposed. To this information in a very innocent way, you didn't you didn't set out to, to find this. Uh, it kind of approached you, um, but knowing what you know, is it possible for you to say no? The Russians didn't have the bottom line. No, the Russians had nothing to do with this. Are you able to say the that? Russians? Uh, yeah, the Russians. The Russians didn't have anything to do with this. The uh, the Russians are, are are utilized for purpose. Uh, John Kennedy, growing up in the family that he did, understood how a lot of this worked. And uh, in 1962, uh, like I said, uh, when the, when the CIA let him down at the Bay of Pigs, he, he decided uh, he was lied to and, and took the blame for all that. But the uh, barring all that, there was a definitive uh, break, and uh, John Kennedy uh, understood uh, what was involved. Of course, Al Dulles, uh, the head of the CIA, uh, was one of the individuals that, that these plans had been put into place uh, for long periods of time since World War II, and of course, corporate, corporate, uh, the corporate world is utilized uh, and encouraged as a way to keep control of the world and keep us at uh, uh, out of a nuke exchange and that sort of thing. So that's that's the plan. That's been the plan for many years. And uh, Kennedy, uh, President Kennedy, thought all that was uh, was very wrong, and it, it wasn't uh, in the in the interest of the American public. And that, of course, he fired Dulles. But Dulles was very much operating out of Georgetown, still uh, people very loyal to him, and uh, it was very, very difficult. Uh, President Kennedy was fighting to, to, to keep control 
and to find out information, even things that were coming to him from Khrushchev was being hidden from him and, and diverted. He was doing everything he could, and he was very concerned somebody was going to uh, go around him and start start World War III. It was, it was a, wow. a very difficult uh, thing for him. Wow, incredible. Uh, Christopher, the book comes out tomorrow. Uh, where, are you, where will you be taking this book? What, what, what will you be doing with the book? Well, I, I'm not sure I understand, but the, the, book, the book has been on pre-sale for a short period of time. And then, of course, it, the official release is on the 22nd, which I think is appropriate. And then the, uh, I hope that it will uh, be a for, an informative thing for the American public and that we can help. I mean, I've actually had people that have read this and cried. Uh, some, some people have cried over this and given him some uh, resolve. So I, I've had federal judges approach me over it. To professors pro- approach me about this. And one professor who's... Uh, a very reputable. I won't say who he is, but he says he believes it's the best uh, best piece of material on this he's ever read. So I, I it's very complimentary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, at the same time, I just I I hope what you're talking about. I hope it to be a, a informative thing for the American public. I think I've done my best to try to give them the information that they can uh, utilize to uh, to make better decisions uh, as we move forward, and to see that why we're in such a, such a mess in, in so many situations that we are now. It's gone this far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for the, your, your words, Chris, right now. Uh, some closing comments uh, uh, for you. Um, your book is on sale. Listeners should go out and buy the book immediately, Amazon. What are some, What are some? well, a couple things here, and maybe you can kind of tie them together. But, but, but first off, what is your advice? What is your advice for Americans listening to this discussion right now what is your advice for americans moving forward how how can they better their country and their future for their children for themselves what's the best foot forward for americans that's one and then two i would like you to take a moment and just give some closing closing comments well as, as americans uh, i think we feel more divided uh, than we ever have and of course you have the internet uh, which is uh, which is a, a tool and it's utilized uh, for good and for bad but the uh, I think that the people of the United States feel very cut off. They don't feel that their uh, their ideas are being uh, pushed in any way, and that and that the uh, Washington is very isolated, and the people in power don't give a rat's uh, tail about uh, them. And in a lot of ways, they're right. So uh, I think we need to get back to term limits. Uh, I think we need to get back to giving more power to the states individually to control. I think we need to cut back on these federal laws that are multiplying in such a dimension that. Uh, no, no citizen can walk this walk the streets and feel safe about it. And uh, in closing, I'd like to say that my father, on a very cold day in, uh, in Washington, filmed President Kennedy for the General Contractors Association when he gave uh, his inaugural speech. And he said, uh, "Ask not what your country can do for you; ask what you can do for your country." And I, this is writing this book is what I've done for my country. Wow! Uh, incredible! Absolutely amazing! Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Fulton, Christopher. Good luck with the book. Thanks for joining the program. Look forward to future dialogue with you. Thank, thank you, Eden. Eden, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Fulton. And if you are just joining or catching the tail end here, Christopher spent time in federal prison for basically happening in to information sensitive beyond means regarding John Fitzgerald Kennedy's assassination, November 
1963. In his memory, I pause for a moment and I will return with some closing comments. This is Winwood Radio. speaking and you're in tune to winwoodradio.com What you can do, take a moment and do something about your country while you have the opportunity to do so. The United States of America will not stand forever. Like all great civilizations, one day this country will have fallen. It still stands. Do something about exercising the rights that you have while you have the opportunity. I'm making no forecast. I'm not saying the United States will not be in existence in 100 years or not. I'm not saying it won't be here in 200 years. But with that said, I'm also not saying that it won't be here in two years. I'm not saying that. None of us know the future. And certainly the morning of November 22nd of 1963, JFK had no idea that that would be his last day. We thank Christopher for joining the program. Folks, discussions of truth. We don't tread in shallow water. We bring heavy-hitting authors and Americans and non-Americans onto this program to reveal the research and the knowledge that they have for your benefit. Why? In a nutshell, because you're not going to get it on mainstream media. Period. Impeach mass media. I'm not saying impeach media. No, by all means, no. What I'm saying is that six major companies control all your major media outlets in the United States. And over the course of three decades, that has shrunk significantly. And in my view, in my opinion, it's not right. It's absolutely not right. The alternative news source or media source is who you really, as Americans, should be supporting. Instead of turning on your CBS, CNN, it's not that I don't. But let's look at the very basics here. We are fueled and thrown Violence, whether it's in movie theaters or on video games, it's violence this, violence that. So, hey, if we've got mass shootings, it starts in the family, folks. 
people are being brainwashed, whether they realize it or not, to be violent. And I kind of opened up this show saying, I don't tolerate violence, and no, sh- nor should you. Wars of any nature are not good. Settling a dispute in a physically violent, harming manner to the person that disagrees from you is not a s- mentally strong resolution. It's a very weak resolution. War is for the weak. But we should know, and we do know, that war is for the banker. War is for he or she who controls the money or the natural resource that makes the money. Christopher said himself, with the information that he's privy to, and mind you, the book has been submitted for a Pulitzer Prize. It's not lightweight. With the information he knows, he said right here on the program, the Russians had nothing to do with this. I opened up the program by drawing a link with the Bank of England through the Rothschild Incorporated with PG&E. That is Pacific Gas and Electric that is a California-based company. Is there a tie to international banking and the JFK assassination? I'm going to tell you right now my opinion. The Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve Act, signed in 1913, Woodrow Wilson, who later lamented it, completely manipulates the economy of the United States and it blankets, it masks It puts the U.S. Constitution in chains. That's my opinion. I just said it. You do your research. You do your homework. Folks, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Donate 50 bucks to the the program. Minimum. Get a shirt, a t-shirt, impeachmassmedia.com. It's very comfortable. They're very comfortable shirts. Ian Trottier, that is my name. I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. You can find all my past episodes on my website, namesake, I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R.com. This has been Discussions of Truth on Winwood Radio. Every Wednesday, 5 o'clock, coming at you from Miami, Florida. And until next week, be awesome.